Hello. Just a quick message before the show begins. It was recorded and edited back in June when me and Tom talked to Mark. But because Mark's book sold so well, it was out of stock everywhere by the time that I'd edited the show. And what we wanted to do was release it knowing that the book was in stock worldwide and that then you listening to this show, you can go, well, sounds really good, which it is. I want to go and order that, which you should. And now you can. So we're releasing it right at the end of July. So when you hear me say, welcome to episode 258. Of course, it's not. As you can see, this is going to be released as episode 269. So I thought I'd put this at the beginning just to save any confusion. Okay, let's go and start the show. Thank you for listening to episode 258 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. (laughs) And I'm laughing because I can see you, Tom. Hello. 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 Uh, Yes, we have just finished recording a video interview with Mark Weiss, uh, which we've had a blast with, Tom, haven't we? We've had a great time. Yeah, really good. Really, really engaging and interesting. And I just say listening is usual. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just, that's all we have to do, really, with Mark. It's just just let him talk, and we don't really need to do anything at all. Uh, yeah. I'm sure people that listen to this show will be familiar with his work, and if not, you're going to get familiar with it listening to this. So, of course, as well, people are listening to this on however they normally subscribe to us, and we're in their ears right now, but we can also be uh, in their eyes if uh, they should so want us to be just go to the 60 Minutes with YouTube channel. A link will be in the podcast notes for this and you can watch the interview as well. But without this little intro and without the outro at the end of the show too. That's a little, yeah, little audio bonus for our podcast subscribers this little bit, which they're already fast forwarding past to get to the actual No interview. one's listening to this. <laughs> uh, yes, well, the links, every, of course, as always, to everything that Mark does will be on the website, on the podcast notes, and we do encourage you to buy his book because it looks bloody amazing. Certainly um, does. I was making a face. I don't know why. Like that, you know, that's a cool, yeah. And I feel like they're not... <laughs> No one's going to see me make the face. Yeah. I, I, I like how you put a, uh, a tuxedo on for this video interview as well, which is nice. Yeah, yeah like, right. <laughs> we did send people, uh, I can't remember if this was the actual show or not, because, of course, we talked to Mark before we started recording and afterwards as well. Uh, but we did compliment him on the background that he'd got there. Far outshines anything that we've got. Well, yours got a very good background, and mine is a beige wall and a mirror and a bit of a couch. Next time, next video interview, I'm just going to have all those paraphernalia <laughs> draped everywhere. Yeah, you should do. Make it very rock and roll, Tom. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is sort of a little bonus episode because normally we do our monthly shows. Uh, and then every every couple of months, we do our remastered interview show. This, I think this is the perfect uh, first decade of decadence interview, new one that we've done, because of course, you know, we've released so many remastered 80s picture house interviews, and we've got loads more still to re-release as well. 
Uh, and we've always said, haven't we, we want to do more new interviews as well, 80s related, that we can do together. Yeah. And for somebody whose work we're really familiar with, whose work we love, and has a book called The Decade That Rocked is the perfect yeah. fit. Absolutely. Yeah. What better way of starting these shows off than an interview with Mark Wise? We didn't even get to how he's known as, uh, his nickname is Wise Guy, which is a great story. Um, but yeah, as you'll hear, he's uh, he's all up for coming back on a future show. And fingers crossed, like you said, you know, he gets over to the UK and we can meet up in person, which would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So shall we bugger off, Tom, and let people yeah. listen to us? Have a chat. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Uh, first of all, Mark, thank you for joining me and Tom tonight. It's uh, it's a pleasure for uh, us to spend some time with you. Oh, yeah, thanks. I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's great because this is it's not often that we do video shows. So to actually see you and that amazing backdrop that you've got as well, just, you know, makes it all better. It's actually, uh, it's like a green screen, actually. Those aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have done the same. We really should. Uh, well, our show is called Decade of Decadence. You know, we love the 80s. Um, you know, I, I grew up all the way through them. Tom, you were born in the early 80s, and your love of the 80s is just the same as mine. So for a show that's called Decade of Decadence, to be talking about you and your book, The Decade That Rocked, I can't think of a more perfect fit, Mark. I really can't. Uh, and it's out in America, isn't it? I know over here in the UK it's released on August the 1st, but it's, am I right in saying it's already out in America? Yeah, it's it's been out since June 2nd. Um and it's like we're already like scrambling for copies like uh like they gave me a, like a couple hundred to sell them personally because I have these bundles where I sign them personally and I have like photos and postcards and things but I'm all out of mine already and uh and because of uh, the pandemic and trying to figure out where things are cuz a lot of the a lot of the um the companies are short changed in in help so it's like we're trying to find more books but we are doing another pressing but okay. it might not for another couple months because they're coming in from overseas so uh you know i'm doing all this promotion and i just hope everyone gets their book you know sooner than later yeah i mean i guess of all the problems you could have that's a good problem to have that it's it's yeah, selling I, so well <laughs> yeah i'm not complaining no, no. And I, I've pre-ordered mine on Amazon over here in the UK, so I'm just waiting for August the 1st. Hopefully it'll drop down on that day. Because I've seen videos of it online, and it looks absolutely amazing, Mark. I mean, you've got to be so happy with it. I am. I mean, it's, it took me five years to literally put it all together. Uh, we went through a couple different designs and, and different ideas, and it, finally, I wanted it to be perfect. It's my first book, you know. I, mm -hmm. I wanted it to be narrative. I wanted it to, you know, tell the, the stories of you know, the photo shoots that really meant something to me that were game changers in my career. And just, it's it's kind of like a, it's a narrative. It's like a movie really through the eighties. It's like my life kind of trickling through the eighties and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and all the, you know, a lot of the events that I was at were really uh, historic, like the US Festival and PMRC and Live Aid with Sabbath and Priest, and then uh, closing the decade with uh, the Moscow Peace Festival. So. Mm -hmm. It's like for me and you, Tom, isn't it? It's it really is. It brings back so many memories, and it it's, it's so iconic. A lot of the photographs you've taken, but like you said, it is. It's it's your life that's there between the pages too for for that full decade. Uh, what's it like looking back? I mean, you must have seen the photographs so many times too. But what's it like opening the book and seeing ten years of your life before you like that? Yeah, I really I was looking forward to it, you know, and and I I've had the book 
for over a month and I, I still haven't sat down and read it cover to cover. You know, it's like, I just, I've been so busy and it's like, I'm not, I don't have the mindset to read it again, you know, like, cause I spent so much time <laughs> in picking on, on how this sounds and this sounds cause uh, you know, I, I basically, it's narrative. I wrote it, but a, a writer, Richard Beanstock, he kind of like took my words and unscrambled them and kind of made it sound <laughs> like something. So every time I send him like a little paragraph or um, anecdote on one of the photo shoots, uh, I would send it to him in a Word doc and I'd get it back and I'd look at it. And I'm like, well, he didn't even do anything. And I'm like, and then I did the red line. I'm like, oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so I was, it was exciting to, to do that. And he got it back really quick. You know, it took me like hours or days to write one anecdote on, on one specific event or a photo shoot. But he would turn it around. So it's kind of fun. You know, I look forward to it, you know, each each day for, you know, last couple, two, three years. Yeah. And you get some some great stories from the people that are in the book as well, haven't you? I know. Is it Dan that spent some time talking to people? And there's, and there's some little blocks of text. But I was watching an interview with you the other day, and I know you were saying that Dan, I think it was with Rob Halford, was it, he was originally booked in for 15 minutes, and they ended up with two hours with him? Yeah, Dan, <laughs> You've got all this stuff for yeah, that. Dan, Daniel Sewick, he, was, uh, he did all, like, all, most of the interviews in the book, and he just kind of like, you know, we had 10 minutes with him, you know, talking about, you know, pretty much me and maybe a couple of shoots, but he would just have a way of just like talk and talk. And I would like get, you know, he'd be excited to send me the tape after he's done and I'm listening to it and I'm saying an hour and a half, two hours, you know, sometimes. <laughs> and with Rob, you know, and he kept going. And then at the, at the end, Rob's like, all right, I, I got to go. I, I, you know, like he really had to do something, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but he even got another question in. So, you know, Daniel's a master at that. And, uh, and, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of the um, a lot of these interviews are not in the book because uh, we turned it more into narrative. So it just mm. trips throughout the uh, through the book, you know, little quotes here and there. I would have liked to see more personally, but uh, you know, it's that's why there's editors at the publishing, and it's a photo book. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, you know, it ended up it ended up really really well done. Oh yeah, I mean, on the photographs alone, how did you choose which ones to go in? Because you must have. I mean, do you know how many photographs you've got that you've taken over the years since you began? No, I mean, I, I kind of, I think once I did the math, I counted how many filing cabinets I have. Because I have a two-car garage <laughs> that's just laced wow. back and forth. And I have a back room that's has, and I have an office upstairs, and I have things in my living room. So I have these filing cabinets from the 70s and 80s and 90s uh, of these, you know, because I, I just, you know, I couldn't believe the access I had back then. And instead of like, you know, buying like fancy toys and, you know, expensive cars, I would buy film and equipment for, mm -hmm. for me. And I just saw it as an investment. And, uh, and, you know, so I had, have all these hundreds of thousands of photographs and, you know, and it's not like you can just scan them right away. So it's, I only mm -hmm. scan them when I get a request either from a magazine, uh, or, uh, a repackaging of something if Ozzy or Molly crew or, uh, Motley Crue recently needed some photos, some retro shirts. So they pulled out some from 1982 that I shot of them. And oh, nice. so then I go dig into my archives. So going into this book five years ago, I had a good, a good amount of my, my prize photos already scanned, but I still had to dig in deeper and I had a retouch and it was a process, but, uh, it was tedious and I never thought we'd <laughs> through it either, you know, and I didn't. I never thought that the publishing company would actually like 
have the patience to work with me because I'm very like um, I just want everything perfect in my way. And they ha and they're they're doing books and they they've done it before. I've never done a book before, but so it was a good like good dance between uh, the editor and the writer and 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 me. And I know as well you want this to be the first book of yours as well, haven't you? Because again, uh, some of the interviews that I've been watching, which have all been brilliant, by the way, I love listening to all of the stories. Uh, hopefully, is it some, some going forward that you want to do books for each specific band as well that you've got photographs uh, for? Well, originally I was going to do a book on just the hair bands, you know, because I thought it would be easy to do, you know, just take pictures between 85 and 86 is really when all the bands really kind of like, you know, bought the extra cans of hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when Poison and Motley, Guns N' Roses, they, they were all, everyone was, uh, even Ozzy, you know, everyone really had that for those two years, it was like, you know, full, full hair away, you know, and, uh, and I thought it'd be an easy book to do. And it, and it kind of was, but after a year, year and a half, I looked at it, and I was like, do I really want this to be my first book, you know, and then I decided like, yeah, right, I'm not going to get lazy. I got a little taste of, of how the books are, are being processed and, you know, the, the editing and whatnot. I had the time and I just figured I'd dive into it. And then we switched, we, you know, we talked to the, the publisher and they agreed with me. And, and I wanted the first one to be about me, about my life and, and that decade that really made me the photographer that I am. And then after that, I, I'll do my little one shots of like, you know, maybe Bon Jovi or Motley or Guns and Ozzy, you know, I've talked to all of them about doing them through the through the decades, and and whenever I ask them, because I I like to have you know, um, I want I want there to be you know uh, back and forth with them and, mm -hmm. and okay it and have them get involved in it, and every time I I would bring it up to John or to Nikki or to Sharon and Ozzy, uh, they were like, no, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, all right, all right. So it's like being patient and not uh, there's a reason why, and, mm -hmm. and I feel like now. Um, this one book is out and it's doing really well and everyone's able to see really my body of work. And now um, when I have a follow-up book, I think they'll take it like it, like it's, you know, like it's not going to be like just a one shot fanzine, you know, there's pictures of Bon Jovi, you know, it's still, they're still going to tell stories. Hopefully other artists will be talking about it. I'll have some kind of twist on it. Um, and then like, because I can't really go on a book tour right now, which what I was planning on doing is to go to, um, uh, shadowing some of these tours, like the stadium tour or, you know, uh, white snake or Sammy Hager, Ted Nugent, you know, bands that are, are that are in my book and like go to the day before to the, to the, to the, the town, maybe do some local radio on some classic radio stations, do a book signing, get some involvement with some, uh, foundations they can help out with the gallery you know mm -hmm. get a street team going like the old days and you know and uh you know make it fun like it used to be in the 80s 70s 80s because when bands used to come to town they used to go do books they used to do uh record store signings and mm -hmm. radio they go on the radio and everyone it was like one thing it was like a it was um, a celebration so i kind of want to bring that back a little bit so maybe me because it you know uh, I've never done it before and, and, and I have something to, you know, sell and actually, and I want to, I like connecting with the fans too. So, you know, so unfortunately it didn't happen now because of the pandemic. So mm, yeah. I like in a year from now, after we find the vaccine, I think, I feel like everything's going to be back to, you know, normal as it, you know, as yeah. it at the time. And then hopefully, uh, this book, now that I have it and I can show everyone, uh, what I did and now maybe I, they'll embrace that they want to be the next one to uh, 
do the book. And then I could go on a proper book tour with both books uh, yeah. by summer, uh, you know, get some corporate sponsorship and do some galleries and keynote speaking, you know, I have, yeah. a, I have a lot of plans. So, you know. And come over here to the UK, of course. Yeah, and you'll be helping me out with that. Well, that will be good. Right, then we'll hold you to that now. <laughs> well, I said at the beginning, you know, I'm a child of the 60s. I grew up through the 80s. And again, looking at your photographs, it was like, oh, my, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about them because they mean so much to me. But, Tom, I mean, you were born in the early 80s, weren't you? And, you know, you've been saying about how many photographs and album covers as well. Yeah, the album covers, man. Yeah, the like the Cinderella, like the original um, Slippery Wet Wet, which is like I'd seen that. I might have even seen that album cover for it before I saw the actual Slippery When Wet in a weird sort of way. But yeah, so many of the album covers as well that I was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I love, the album covers were, were it for me. You know, just like you, you know, you look at that 12 inch and you look at the liner notes and who shot photographs. Well, you know, I did that too. And and what's great about album covers is they don't go away. You know, mm-hmm. it's like magazines go away. And I, I the, 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 you know, when I got my first album cover with uh, Stay Hungry with Twisted, uh, I was doing covers for Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and, and different magazines, and that was great. But after a month, they're off. They're off the the newsstand um, <laughs> in, a, in your garage, like with everyone else's, you know, uh, on some bedrooms too, you know, hung up. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, it they go away. Album covers, uh, you know, they stay around. And when I had the opportunity to do Stay Hungry and the success that it had, uh, and the image that became so iconic in the face of Twisted Sister and the face of the 80s, really. Um, it just, it was a, a good charge for me and uh, I wanted to do more. And mm-hmm. I can't, you know, it was like a game changer shoot, you know, and uh, the guys believed in me. I didn't never did an album cover before. They wanted a rock photographer and they told me the concept. I said I could do it. I built the set, the, you know, my father was in construction. So I had a little help from my dad. Uh, that was a built set that stay hungry, uh, you know, in that room. Yeah. You know, I got the mouse, I got the the rat, I got the bone, and I put <laughs> it all together. And then I just stuck the band in there, and uh, you know, it took a turn. We're supposed to be a shot with the whole band, but that didn't work out. But it, it, it doesn't. It turned out the way it should have. D on the cover, you know, with that image, and and uh, became iconic. Do you, Do you ever sit back anytime, Mark, and sort of reflect? how how much your work means to a lot of people and how ingrained your work is in people's lives because again you know i had and i've talked about this on the shows before i had my ritual whenever i bought an album uh you know even going into the 80s where i'd sit down and i'd put on the headset and that first listen you'd drop the needle and i'd just be enclosed in these headsets and i would just stare at the cover that would be, be part of the whole experience you know do you ever reflect on how your work not only will live forever, but how important it is to like millions of people's lives. Well, I'm actually just figuring it, finding out now, really. <laughs> you know, a lot of the love, you know, it's like, you know, talking to you guys and other people. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I talk about the same thing and it's, you know, and I'm really, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just, start, I'm, I'm kind of just feeling it you know, right now. You know, I'm just, I'm feeling, and I had a feeling that once I put it in one spot, cause I'm not, I'm not like a bragger, like in the eighties, like I, it was so busy doing all these shoots and there were important shoots, big shoots. And I was just so busy and I never even had a portfolio and it was just like one wow. door and the other door. And this is kind of like my portfolio that I can actually show off to the world now. And I can, you know, tie it into my website that, 
uh, is my brand. I'm mm -hmm. actually coming out with a, um, a shirt line, a high-end shirt line uh, that's going to end up in a lot of the high-end stores like Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's and boutiques where there are images of uh, not the band names, but just of, of the band, of the artist, like the singer of different bands. And a kind of a different approach, you know, with my name tag, the decade that rocked and my signature with the, with the camera. So that, that deal we just did last, last week. So, um, I'm excited about that. So I'm just, I'm looking for opportunities and there a lot of them are coming my way without me trying just by talking to people. That's great. I mean, take out, I think, you know, we can safely say that, can't we? <laughs> T-shirts, more books. It's, it's all good with us. <laughs> it's all good with us. I, I love the story and I know you've told this story before, Mark, but for, for anybody that's new to us and, and doesn't know of how you came across your first album, uh, album, how you got your first camera, I think is a, is a brilliant story. So would you mind retelling that for us, please? Oh yeah, sure. So I'll, I used to cut lawns. I was 12 years old, moved into a development called Lake Ridge in Matamont, New Jersey. And I, you know, I used to mow lawns for $5 a cut. Um, and, uh, were, you know, I always, you know, look around for other lawns that are need to be cut. So I would knock on their door and say, Hey, I'm Mark, you know, uh, look down the street. Uh, you, you know, you need someone to mow your lawn. And this one, and I look for long, you know, houses that, they didn't cut their lawn. So this one house, I had an eye on it because they usually had it cut pretty tight. And then for like, uh, I kept eyeing it. And then I one day I was like, all right, this guy's not cut. Either his lawn mower's broken or he's lazy or or something's going on, you know? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try him out. And uh, I knocked on the door and I said, you know, uh, do you need your lawn mode? And he goes, no, I do it myself. And I said, mm, it doesn't look that way, you know? <laughs> and he kind of like chuckled out of it. And he, he started, you know, I was a little smart ass, but he, you know, he liked me. And then he said, I'll tell you what, kid, uh, if you mow my lawn for the season, I'll give you this camera. And he came back with his Bell and Howell camera, um, a big clunky thing. And I looked at it and I like, it looked like it was worth a million dollars. And, uh, <laughs> And that was it. It's actually looking at me right now. I have it hung out. So it's like, it looks oh, at me. Brilliant. Right, it's like right <laughs> With my first bandana too, which is hanging on. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, I got the camera and uh, I just started messing around. Uh, uh, I started messing around in the dark room. Uh, a teacher in school kind of took me under his wing and showed me how to develop, uh, you know, film and whatnot. And uh, I used to take pictures of my my brother and my dog, and you know, used to, my brother used to ride motorcycles, so that was kind of exciting. And then I kind of did that until I got bored, and and you know, then I ended up going to high school and started going to concerts. And then I, you know, stuck my camera into the you know my first concert, and I kind of liked it. And uh, I met some one of my friends, uh, one of my parents' kids, uh, his name is Kenny. Uh, used to sneak into concerts and take pictures, and whenever I went to their house, I would see him hanging up in his in his dark room, you know, smoking pot and everything, you know. And uh, he was a couple years older than me, and I just kind of, this is cool, you know. He always had girls around him and stuff. Like that. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a little more serious, and that's when I started like sneaking in a little, my my cameras into like Aerosmith and. Uh, Peter Frampton and Kiss and and then I just started you know creating my own business by selling my pictures for a dollar a piece. That is what a story! I absolutely love that story. I mean that guy, he could have given you anything to paid you for that season, couldn't he? And then it just turned out it was a camera, and then yeah, you say in twenty twenty and everything that's happened. 
I have a hell of a lawn mowing business right now. <laughs> I don't know what I would be doing. I was always wondering, you know, I was always, I, I wanted to, you know, be rich like everyone else, you know, not that I am now, but I wanted, I wanted to do something that I enjoy doing. And I always liked, I don't want to be you know, slave to the grind. I, I didn't want to mow lawns, you know, and I didn't really, my academic skills weren't great. Um, going back a year, when I was 12, uh, at, the same, at the same time I was mowing lawns, I had a motorcycle accident uh, with my friend Glenn, and uh, I kind of lost my memory. I, I lost all recollection of like my previous years. Um, I knew who I was and everything, and then as the years came by in high school, I realized like I, you know I can't really remember things. You know, like I didn't do good in school, and and uh, you know there was nothing. You know, I. I I had a concussion and I was unconscious for a couple of days and they didn't put two and two together at the time, but it's, it's really since then it's been really bad. So I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to be in a, a brain, a brain surgeon, that's for sure. You know, and, and I, <laughs> luckily I found something that really, uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't take skill, but it doesn't take like, I'm not going to say intelligence either, but I kind of am, but you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah. you got, all you do is, you know, this is what you do. Oh, you, you look good over there. Turn that way. All right. Stay there. Click. You know, it's it's not rocket science, you know. Oh, yeah. I would it's, definitely say that that not everybody could do it, though. There's definitely skill sets in there. Do you think your work would have changed dramatically? I mean, because back then we're talking about film. So you only had so many shots per roll of film. And it was expensive to buy as well. It's not like now where people digital can just click, 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 and then out of a thousand pictures, then there's one good one. You'd, you'd really had to hone your craft and be careful and think about the photographs you were taking. It's, I mean, how do you think it would have changed if digital was back then? Uh, you know, it, it makes you lazy, I guess, the digital. You know, it's like, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I have like... You know, I went through the, I, I was in the trenches, kind of say. So you really learn a lot in the trenches. Mm. Where you're not spoiled. You know, you really have to, uh, you got 36 frames, you know. Once that 36 runs out and Robert plants, you know, all of a sudden it comes over to you. <laughs> you, know, you, gotta, you know, so that's why I, once I got two cameras and then three, I would have two and three. But with digital, really, I mean, I still have three cameras because I like to have different lenses on. But mm -hmm. you really just need one and you can just have a field day. Uh, but, uh, you know, really photography is just about, you know, catching a moment. It's not about if it's digital or film. So, uh, you know, really, uh, um, if you're passionate and you want to be a photographer, uh, it's probably digital is an easier and inexpensive way to, to create it. Just don't, you know, let it, you know, take it, don't take it for, you know, for granted. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, take your time, uh, try to compose your, your photograph and your composition and not just go crazy and say, all right, hopefully I'll, I'll get something good because a lot of people do that too, you know, and you know, nothing to say that they're not going to get a great photo out of it. Just, you're going to spend a lot of time editing and, you know, which is another thing like editing the right photograph out of that batch of thousands of photos takes a lot of time and mm -hmm. know what to do as well. So, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Which which of your photographs are you the most proud of that you've taken? Um, 
probably the Stay Hungry album cover, really, because that was such a game changer for me. That and the guys like put their faith in me and trusted me. And I was, you know, I was still in my early twenties, you know, just learning everything too as I go. I'm, I was never really I learned photography. It was just self-taught and just trial and error. I never went. I was never an assistant for a photographer. I just went, fell right into the game and learned as I went. And uh, uh, you know, I'd say that shoot and also Ozzy because Ozzy gave me. The confidence to to uh, let me direct, you know, you know, here I'm again like 22, shooting Ozzy for the first time, and mm -hmm. he's asking me how to pose and how to look good, and I'm I'm like I, I know how he'll look good, I you know I know how to angle him, you know, I just knew that, and he felt that I I knew, and then when he saw the photographs, he you know he gave me even more respect and more time, and we start doing like a lot of crazy shoots and. Uh, became close and you know and that's how you develop relationships in business and anything really what's what's one of the craziest shoots that you've done there mark that you uh, can say on air <laughs> well there, it's in my book i mean you know well what i did you know in, in the early 80s um i worked for a magazine called we magazine uh, it was uh it's like a men's magazine so I used to shoot rock stars with half naked women and some kind of a concept so i did joe perry uh, I did um, uh, Motorhead, which was pretty, you know, I had to, you know, I had to hide those because they, those guys got crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, and I did something with Ozzy uh, in a church in a coffin. Um, that's, there's an outtake of that in the, in the book. But Molly Crew was the best one. It's the first time I met them. And it was in L.A. <clears throat> and we met Earp previously and we had, you know, we had dinner and we hung out and got thrown out of a restaurant and you know, drank ourselves out and that's how we met. And then we did the photo shoot or it might've been after the photo shoot. Uh, but the photo shoot was them. And I, there was a modeling agency called the Jim South modeling agency in California, where you go in there and you get to pick the girls you want to pose, you know, uh, and we had this, you know, for, there's a lot of men's magazines. So these girls, actresses, you know, make some spare money on posing, you know, so me and my partner, Michael Kirk, uh, who was the editor at, at We Magazine, went there and we were looking at the girls, they come in, we tell them what we're doing and everyone's back then, all the, the hot girls were into rock and, you know, all these bands, so they all wanted to do it, you know. Uh, so we'd have these girls over at the photo shoot and the band and we had the blood and we had the candelabras and the smoke and motorcycles <laughs> and, and really like that shoot was their first a shoot that got him national attention, which, as Nikki says in the book, it kind of like uh, showed the world who they were and not and not what they were, but who they were. Because like, you know, like people say, like, um, like uh, that shot, that th those those photographs are, uh, you know, like they were they were staged. But you know, Nikki's comment is like, no, that's how we lived every day. You know, <laughs> and I just put it in a studio. Uh, you know what do you think it is about 80s rock bands specifically that the majority of them are still going now which i'm very thankful for and they're still so popular why is it you know lots of bands from the 90s have, have dropped off you know of which the members are a lot younger but there's so many 80s rock bands that are still popular still going what do you think that is uh i think it was the excess back then uh you know a lot of the it, we're, we're coming out of the 70s where we had the rock stars like Led Zeppelin and, you know, the Stones. And and then all of a sudden these bands that, that listen to the same music as I did, like Led Zeppelin, the Stones, Aerosmith, they become 
morphed like they took a little a little bit from from all of them and kind of morphed it into what became 80s rock uh with the help of mtv which no other generation decade mm -hmm. really had so we had that visual uh connection with the audience right away and for a photographer you couldn't have picked a better decade and then we had clothes <laughs> everyone wanted to outdo each other uh, <laughs> in the magazines and, and you know when the 90s came uh these bands like you know nirvana and soundgarden alice in chains i've shot a bunch of them uh for magazines because i just you know had the rock bands i like the music <laughs> they didn't embrace photography you know they didn't embrace uh uh, an image, you know, they just, they wanted to play their music. They knew they had to do photos for publicity and stuff, but they really didn't, um, uh, embrace it, you know, and, uh, the magazine started dying out. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, they sold a lot of records and they got a following, you know, you can't, you know, hold them, put anything against them. Uh, good music. It just, uh, it kind of, uh, the record companies looked at it like, all right, we had enough of the eighties we're, we're shifting here and that's what happened. Um, but still like moving forward, like, you know, you know, after the band started rebranding, like, you know, kiss came back with the makeup in 96 and uh, then a lot of classic rock bands came out in the late, uh, 1990s. And I worked with a lot of them, uh, kept me going in between, you know, what am I going to do? You know, mm -hmm. Uh, so I started shooting a lot of bands like Letter Skinner and Eddie Money and, and Sticks and things like that. Um, but really for the fans, I think started coming back when, uh, you know, bands started coming back that kind of sounded, had a little bit of 80 sound to it, like some 41 and, you know, bands like that, even Green Day, you know, you know, with a little more of a punk attitude, but it was slowly coming back a little mm -hmm. more and a little more fun, a little more image conscious. And then it just eventually these bands decided, all right, we've been away long enough. It's time to, you know, it's, it's like reinvent ourselves or, uh, you know, make a living, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, it's uh, a lot of them uh, lived off some of the money they had and a lot of them maybe married into money, you know, but they were, <laughs> they're all, everyone, like, they, everyone survived, you know. I don't think anyone really, like, started pumping gas or anything like that <laughs> you know, there might be but you, you know they kept it quiet because you know once you're playing an arena and everything you're a rock star the last thing you want to do is see your idol pumping gas you know <laughs> so, uh i think a lot of it was pride and and i just think it was it was the time was right you know and then and then you know the, everyone started kind of slowly building things slowly and there was uh the promoter started seeing some interest and the fans were like uh the fans now had their jobs, you know, and now they're in their thirties or so where they're focusing on their family, but now the kids are growing up and now mm -hmm. they're exposing their kids to their kind of music and now they're getting back into it. And then they're playing at the PNC art center or somewhere. And now they're all these, you know, multiple bands playing. And then it turned into be like, when I was a kid, there was uh, Dick Clark had the rock and roll, rock mm -hmm. and roll or something where they had Chuck Berry and this one and that one. So it was turning into like that, but more, uh, stagey and theatrical because those bands were like that. So it just really is just full circle. And now today, uh, still this decade is, uh, it really does rock, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, I called the book, the decade that rocked. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'll do an, I, I want to do another one called the decade that still rocks and do like today, what they're doing today, you know, the whole of that would be, <laughs> would be really good. 
Well, I'm just looking at the time. I don't. I, we could talk to you obviously all evening, Mark. We really could, uh, and hopefully we'll get you back on the show as well. You know, at a later date because I'm sure there'll be a hell of a lot more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but just to round this one off um, with the book, uh, and of course you said you're making the brand now. There's going to be merch for sale and everything. What's the best way that people worldwide can find and follow you? Get the book you know, get the T-shirts and everything out and keep up to date with what you're doing now? Uh, well, really, it's the Decade That Rocked.com. It's the Decade That Rocked on Facebook, the Decade That Rocked on Instagram. I do Twitter. I'm just starting to learn that. You know, it's Mark Weissguy, I think, or Mark. Yeah, I think it's Mark Mark Weissguy on Twitter. But, you know, I'm a Facebook guy. I feel like, you know, you, you can click on there and you can go places. Where Instagram, you got to like, you know, it's a little more. But, I'm you know, I'm trying to embrace everything. And uh, um, I also have uh, a YouTube channel, The Decade That Rocked, where I have a lot of interviews of people talking about me in the 80s. And I put some, whenever I come across something really cool, like uh, Sebastian Bach's first interview when he was in another band, or uh, I just put up uh, the uh, Jerry Falwell's when he, like, forgive me for I have sinned speech, you know, and when, uh, when Ozzy you know, wrote Miracle Man about it. So I put up that where he defamed heavy metal music. So anything, <laughs> really anything that I, is to me, I'll put on the site and the featured interviews, I'll have my, you know, interviews like in my favorite ones, like this will probably be one of them be up there. Uh, Sebastian uh, did an unveiling uh, about a week ago of my book. And it's funny because I gave him the book and a week went by and he, he didn't call me up because he's in it a lot. And, you know, we have a lot of history together and he didn't um, respond. I'm like, either maybe like one of the photos or <laughs> I might have said something that, you know, you know, so a week goes by and I just I sent him a text. I said, did you get the book? <laughs> like he goes, dude, we're just waiting for the right time. We're just waiting. Me and my wife are sitting on the table. And just waiting. And then uh, uh, I was like, okay, maybe he's waiting for him to fix his hair up or something, go out, you know, <laughs> he's gonna videotape it, you know, like unveiling it. And then he does this uh, maybe a few days later. He's like, I, I did it. It's on, it's on, you, it's on uh, Facebook Live now. You got to check it out. And he did this whole production with some music in the background. And, and uh, he's in his pajamas, basically. So it's just, he just, you know, smashed it. Uh, He's very um, a unique individual, and uh, he really wanted to wait for the right time, you know. Yeah. And when you see the video; um, it's hysterical, you know, and it's like it's up to like 120,000 views already. Yeah. You know? Got a hell of a following, you know, and uh, you know I'm thankful for him. You know, we have a big history together. I mean, mm -hmm. he was on my wedding, uh, and that's how we kind of got him into Skid Row. Uh, there's actually going to be a video of Sebastian, Zach Wilde, and Kevin Dubrow uh, from my wedding in 1987. I just oh. hadn't seen anywhere. And uh, I have, they did Tush, Whole lot of Love, Rock and Roll. They did a blues jam. Um, and in, I'm going to be releasing it pretty soon. So, I mean, that's going to be fun. That's uh, going to be so good. Yeah, so, uh, um, and then I have uh, a, a uh, a TV, little TV episodic show that I, uh, me and uh, director um, uh, Troy Burbank, uh, 
we did a spinoff of a movie we was in called uh, Gone for the Weekend, and he asked me to play myself, a cameo of, of just me, him <laughs> being a fan of rock and roll. And uh, we spinned it off into an episodic adventure of sex, drugs, and rock and roll and <laughs> called The Wise Guy. And it's on my YouTube channel. It's like 12 minutes. Uh, we kind of finished it, but we were going to do a flashback scene, which we didn't get to because of all this you know, craziness. But it's up there. I put it up there. And Brian from Tesla's in it, and Chips Enough's in it. He actually sings "Fly My Fly High, Michelle" in his fantasy scene. And it's basically these two guys that stalk me, and you know, are always trying to you know crash my parties and things. <laughs> so it's it's a good little thing, you know. I don't know where it's going to go, but we're going to have fun with it. You know, we got to try things out. That sounds like fun, you know, like the 80s were anyway. Like you said, it was all full of fun. This is the stuff that we want to see. And that video as well, the unboxing video that Sebastian Bach did. That was the first glimpse i got of your book when i watched that and it was uh it's such an amazing video <laughs> and he shows off the book so well as well well you know it's funny he's like like as he's doing it he, as he's almost going through the book because sebastian is you know a special friend to me and i put in eight and a half by 11 prints inside like of his favorite yeah. which i knew were his favorite photos and as he was going through it he's like and i can't believe you're you get these amazing photographs. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, well, I think they get them. And, you know, so I created this uh, this Bach bundle where you actually get all these, you know, because I sell my prints for a couple hundred bucks each, yeah. you know, for that small. But I created this uh, bundle where it's like you get them for a fraction of it. You get the book, you get like 10 prints, the ones that, that were in his in his book, you know, postcards. I got these postcards that I you can get on my site, too that i i love i love i always love the postcards oh yeah so i got so these get like if you can buy the, the book on amazon uh i think for 45 bucks right now um but i sell the book uh with postcards for like five bucks more you know if you want to get it from me and then if you want to get them uh, personalized it's like another 10 or 15 dollars and then there's photos uh eight and a half by 11s and different bundles and you know, I have T-shirts. I have these little stickers I throw in there, you know, so and the T-shirt, you know, so just just make it up as I go. That's I'm canceling my Amazon order as soon as we finish, Mark. And I'm ordering from you. Let's say now. <laughs> Definitely. I really am. Good. Yeah. Well, for the for the sake of the edit, I mean, we'll say, say goodbye properly. You know, once okay. we finish this, but for the sake of the edit, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure all our listeners uh, and, and viewers with this one uh, worldwide will really love watching this one, hearing some of your stories. Like I said, we'd love you back on the show at some point in the future because, again, we've got so much more we'd love to chat with you about. Uh, and once the book's out over here in the UK and across Europe, uh, and of course, when you come across to the UK and we can meet up and you, you know you're doing all the book talks and everything, that that'd be really good. Uh, but for now thank you it's great to see you and we just encourage everybody i'm sure everybody listening to this because they all love the 80s and 80s rock music hopefully more orders will be incoming to you as you know as soon as this goes online mark yeah thank you all right thanks for having me great chatting with you and uh we'll definitely do it again uh, down the road brilliant thanks mark thanks, all right see you. and here we are tom the end of the interview the end of the show uh, we always have a blast doing these. Hopefully people enjoyed listening to them as much as we did listening to Mark when we had a chat with him. Um, and that, that's it until we're back with our... I'm trying to work out what month it is. I'm losing track of time. Are you losing track of time, mate? Still in June. So this... <laughs> when people listen to this, if they're listening in order, you've still got the June show to go, which is, of course, our 
Stuart Chapin special. Yes. Jones, shotgun. Jones. Uh, yes. Uh, you've got that to look forward to. You've got our remastered interview with Stuart to look forward to. So three decade of decadent shows in June for your ears and a little bonus bit for your eyes. Yes. Uh, usual stuff. Website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, everything's on there. Contact form, or you can email us, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. All the links to the social medias on there. Uh, affiliate links, you can save money, you can save 20% at Insert Coin T-shirts. Have a look, everything's on there. Um, go and visit. Pour yourself, pour yourself a Jack Daniels, a rock and roll drink, and look at the website. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Yeah, was, maybe your rock and roll drink was Mimto. <laughs> apple and black currant juice, mate. Tonight, I'm really gone rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, so yeah until the next time uh, well we'll be recording next week as we sit here won't we Tom yes yes well I'll be in another room where I don't need a uh, believe it or not the background in my my room was too drab (laughs) so you've gone for a beige wall instead (laughs) maybe I'll do it in the garden next time that would be good why not (laughs) Uh, so yeah Thank you to everybody for listening and until the next time, which will be very soon for us. uh, Goodbye. Bye-bye.